Welcome back to Over My Dead Pod. I'm Kylie Colwell. This is Kate Carter. And I'm Holly Spear. So I thought I'd share a little mysterious, I don't know whether to call it unsolved or not, but I wanted something to make Kate go into labor. So I know I'm sorry. You don't know whether this is unsolved or not, or what are we getting at here? You'll see, but it's kind of up for debate whether okay. it's solved or not. So I know Kate already said she doesn't know the story. Holly, do you? I do not. Never heard of it, I don't think. So I want to share the story of the mysterious death of Tamla Horsford, a mother of six. So Tamla was born in St. Vincent in the Grenadines and eventually moved to the Bronx in 1989 at the age of 11. Later in life, Tamla found herself in Florida where she met her future husband, Leander. So Leander had a daughter from a previous relationship and after marriage, he and Tamla went on to have five sons. So six kids in total. From the website dedicated to Tamla, I want to read this little quote about her. It says, quote, Tam was a loving, supportive, and present mom to five boys and to her stepdaughter, who she raised from a young age. She was the kind of mom that would always be found cheering her boys on with a big sign and a megaphone at their various sports games. She was her daughter's best friend and talked with her every day. Tam loved her children beyond words. She made her house a home and took care of the people in it. Tam took great pride in being an amazing mom, wife, sister, daughter, friend, and so much more. She was loved deeply by so many people. End quote. Eventually, the family settled in Cumming, Georgia for Leander's work in 2013. Cumming is about 40 miles northeast of Atlanta, and not just this town, but the entire county of Forsyth is basically all white. So in the latest census, it's about 85% white and less than 3% black. So the racial makeup will make a little more sense later, but just for context, Tamla and her family are black, and the other key players in this story are not. Places like that still exist, you guys. Yes, and this county is pretty famous for being all white. There's a lot of instances of racial cleansing in Forsyth County. Mm. The most notable event occurred in 1912, where over a thousand black residents were driven out. In 1987, like when Oprah first started her show, she took the show to the county because at that point, no black person had lived in the county since 1912. Are you serious? Yeah, it went 75 years. Not a single black person. And mind you, you're... 40 miles northeast of Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. But also, why would you want to move there? You know, like if it's gone that long, I absolutely not would be, I would not volunteer. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be the first one. (laughs) Yeah. I'll stick in Atlanta. So I'm not sure if Tamla had any race related issues while she was in Forsyth, but on the outside, she appeared to be very thriving. She had a large family and was very involved in all of her kids' lives. Tamla was also heavily involved in her son's football teams and had become part of the like football mom group where all the moms hung out together and even outside of this. So the group must have been pretty close because one of the moms, John Myers, decided to have the mom group over for a sleepover to celebrate her 45th birthday. So the pajama party was set to begin on November 3rd, 2018, around 7 p.m. The plan was to watch the LSU versus Alabama game, have some drinks and play games. I quickly just want to say that I now recognize this case. Here we go. Yeah. I don't know the details, but I, as soon as this slideshow pictures just came up, I now 
know what case this is. This one was pretty popular on like Twitter, social media. Yeah. The past couple of years. But I don't so, know like that. I don't remember any of the outcome or like details, but I remember these faces. So. Or lucky for you, I'm going to share it all. Thank you. Thank you. So all the women invited decided they were each going to bring John a different alcohol as a gift. So before we get into this party, I unfortunately have to lay out the 13 people that were there. So we have our host and birthday girl, John Myers. And John's house was also her live-in boyfriend, Jose Barrera. And John's aunt, Madeline Lombardi, who lived in the basement, converted into an apartment. Other guests included Paula Seals, Jennifer Morrell, Bridget Fuller, Nicole Lawson, Sarah Cockerham, Marcy Hardin, and Michael Palerno. Additionally, there was a husband and wife duo, Thomas and Stacy Smith. But just as I note, there were no kids in the house. So Nicole Lawson was the first to arrive around 4 p.m. to help set up and decorate the house. Others slowly poured in, settling in on the couch in their pajamas, watching the game. Tamla was the last to arrive around 8.30 p.m. because she wanted to cook a meal for her family before leaving. Tamla's family said she was really excited to go to this party just to have a night off with the girls. So like I said before, all the guests brought different alcohol, and Tamla actually brought a bottle of tequila she had gotten in Mexico. So upon giving this to the birthday girl, Jean, Jean said she didn't like tequila and gave it back. And everyone else at the party also declined to drink it, saying they don't like tequila. Which, this is a group of like 40-something-year-old white women, and they don't like tequila? That just hmm. throws me off. Not not even the fact, like, maybe they don't even like tequila, but the fact that she brought her a present, and the John, like, declined it. And then everybody else declined it as well. That, that automatically gives me red flags. Yeah, well, at least take it. You don't have to drink it that night, but I yeah. don't know. Let's also yep. just point it out for our listeners, too, that Tamla is currently the only person of color at this party. Yes. So Tamla actually decided to drink the tequila by herself, and people at the party said she mixed it with Mountain Dew. Despite this awkward interaction, the party seemed to be going well. There's a bunch of photos of everyone smiling, all cuddled up on the couch in their pajamas. There's other photos of people taking selfies together. So throughout the night, the women watched the game while drinking, Tamla would occasionally go out on the back patio to smoke, but she definitely seemed to be included in the group based on the pictures. The three men at the house, Jose, Michael, and Thomas, were elsewhere doing their own thing. I saw some reports that they were in the basement watching the game on their own, but I'm not entirely sure. And around 10.30 p.m., Nicole Lawson and Sarah Cockerham left because they didn't have anyone to watch their children. After the football game ended, the three men joined the rest of the women upstairs to play Cards Against Humanity. One of our favorite games. Oh, yeah. And at 12.34 a.m., Tamla FaceTimed her husbands and kids to say goodnight. She panned the phone's camera around and everyone else said hi to the kids. And Tamla's family said everything seemed to be going normal. A little later, the people who weren't planning on sleeping over started to trickle out. Those who were staying were settling down to go to bed. Some were staying in the kids' room or in the guest room. Allegedly, Tamla wasn't ready for bed and wanted to keep the party going. Those who had left the house said they last saw Tamla in the living room, hugging everyone by. At 1.45 a.m., Tamla told John she was going out on the back balcony to smoke. John later said that Tamla didn't appear to be drunk at all. So John's house has like alarms on like every door going outside and on the garage door. And we have the time codes for when the doors were opened and closed. At 1.39 a.m. and 1.40 a.m., the garage door was opened and closed. People assume this is someone taking the trash out. 
At 1.47, the front door was opened and closed, and we now know that this was Bridget Fuller leaving to go home. So the only remaining overnight guests were Tamla, Marcy, Paula, Tom, and Stacy Smith. Also in the house, of course, is John, Jose, and the aunt downstairs, Madeline. At 1.49 a.m., the back balcony door was opened, and this is where Tamla had been going for smoke breaks all night. The door closed a minute later and was opened again at 1.57 a.m., and there is no record of the door ever closing. Cam mm-hmm. and I, I would say like two weeks ago, actually installed the exact same thing. So we got a new security system in our house. It's like front door, back door cameras, inside camera. It notifies us by saying like door one open, door two open, but it mm-hmm. also shows it in our tracking app. So I 100% like the last timestamp that you gave us said that the back door patio was opened but it never said it closed and that's that's literally not possible for the app to mess up like that's that means the door was never closed you know like that's that's sketchy yeah no and it has everything else even has like the garage door opening and closing at the exact same time frame like it seems pretty accurate there's yeah so if anybody tries to rebuke that like i know for a fact now that i have that exact system there's we're notified for everything like the neighbors walk their dog in front of our house and we get notif- notifications for it so it's pretty spot on at 4:10 a.m. marcy harden left for work and the house was quiet until john's aunt madeline woke up so some reports say madeline woke up at 7:30 others say 8:30 Some say Madeline was making coffee, and others say Madeline had gone outside to check the temperature. But either way, whatever time it was, she found Tamla face down in the backyard. Madeline then went upstairs to get Jose and John, and the two went to check on Tamla and saw that she wasn't moving. Tamla's face down in the grass, and her pajamas just over the edge of the back patio. Before they called the police, the only remaining guest, Tom and Stacy Smith, actually left and went home. Oh, Weird. Suspicious. So whether it be 7.30 or 8.30, John didn't call 911 until 8.59 a.m. So it's either an hour and a half since they found Tamla or a half hour, which I don't know. Do you guys think it's weird to wait that long? I, I think it's weird to wait any period of time. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I found someone face down in the grass. They're not responding. I'm calling within a minute. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. running inside or I'm yelling for the people inside the house to call 911. Yeah, because there still could be, a cha- you know, a chance. Potential, yeah. So I'm going to play the 911 call made by John and Jose now. Hey, 911. Hi, yes. Um, I, I need an ambulance and a police to my home. What's the address? 4450 Woodlake Court. 4450 Woodlake Court. Woodlet. Woodlet, okay. All right, 4450 Woodlake Court. What is your name? My name is John Myers, J-E-A-N-N-E. Okay, and your phone number is 609-668-5528? Yes. Okay, and that's off of Jotham Down Road, correct? Yes. Okay, what's going on? Um, we had people over last night when we were drinking. Most of us went to bed. One of them stayed on the balcony. She was drinking, and we just went out outside. And she's laying face down in the backyard. It looks like me. I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony, but she's stiff. Okay, is she breathing? 
I don't know. I don't know if she's face down. Okay. How, how old is she? At 41. Here, hold on. Hey, this is Jose Barrera. Hey, have y'all checked to see if she's breathing? She's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. Um, okay. I just tried to inspect her Tesla. She's completely face down in the yard. Um, she is stiff. Okay. Do you know if she, um, um, do you see any blood or anything? Where she... uh, Are you there? I am. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not... I was outside. It's okay. I'm not sure what happened to Alana for a second. Do you see any blood or anything to where, uh, from where she fell? Um, I, I don't know if I should move her over. I mean, she's completely pissed down. Okay. I mean, can you just check and see if she's breathing? If, if she's not breathing and you, and you know she's gone, then just leave her where she's at. If she, okay. One minute. Uh, there is a, I'm noticing a small right cut on her right wrist. She's not breathing whatsoever. I don't know if this cut truly was self-inflicted or I hate to assume anything or if this was maybe cut on the way down. I'm completely not sure. Okay, and that's the only blood that you would see? That's what I can see without moving her over. I haven't okay. seen her face. Um, do, you know if she, um, do you know if she was suicidal at all? I have no clue. I've met her one other time. Um, you know, like my girlfriend said, people were over last night. <clears throat> um, just, we were at, she was, her birthday party, we we're not the woman that we believe to be deceased, but my girlfriend's birthday party, instead of having everybody go out, she had everyone stay in. And she was the last one I saw before everybody, I mean, everybody was typically put off to bed. She was the last one in the kitchen. She was just either waiting around to ride or waiting until the morning. Okay. How far is the, um, where she would have fell from? How far is the deck from the ground? Um, I would probably say... Maybe 20 feet. Okay. You know, 20 feet from... Where your feet would be on the railing, the railing itself is maybe three and a half, four feet. Okay. And what is her name? Uh, I know her name, we call her Tam. I'm assuming that's short for Tammy or Tamra. Was she there with anyone else? Uh, her name is Tam Horsford, H-O-R-S. F-O-R-D, so the black female. Um, I don't believe anybody was. Uh, my girlfriend has cameras here on the back deck that we can check. Okay. That I think would have caught the incident if she fell from here. Again, I, I, I don't know. How, it's, it's hard to say if she fell from from the deck or if she was already downstairs. She was the only smoker on here. And, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. So you think she's popped out from smoking? 
Yeah, she was, she was the only smoker. I mean, I'm, I'm on the back deck right now and, you know, cigarette slider, that type of thing right here. Um, okay. I'm just trying to see where it's some too first thing i noticed is that john and jose don't name tamla like by her name at first they just call her like her and she yeah yeah like oh i said they act like they don't know her yeah yeah no even when jose takes over the phone he's like i don't really even know who she is they kept they said she's face down she's face down stuff she's cold and they also made a point to mention that everyone was drinking despite knowing like what happened which is weird my biggest thing, to be honest, is the tone of their voices. Even if there was a person dead outside my house, face down, that I did not know, like had no relation to them whatsoever, had it was a homeless person, like had no, nothing to do with me, I would be freaking the F out on that 911 call. For sure. So the fact that it's someone that I don't even care if Jose's only met her once, she's at their house staying the night, you obviously know her. And she's dead. She's obviously very dead. She's stiff. She's cold. She's not moving. And they are acting so calm on that recording is mind-blowing. I would definitely be freaking out also. One thing that Jose said that was weird is he talks about like the cut on her lip and he goes, it might be self-inflicted. Where does that come from? Yeah, especially because one of the first things he says too is I guess she fell from the patio. Yeah, they're very quick to deduce that or... To point that out. That would never be the first thing I thought, especially if I'm claiming I didn't know the person. I also have another issue with her being face down flat on the ground. Because if you fall, you're not, there's a, there's a really small chance you're going to be completely face down. Like everything's face down on the ground. And also it's on a hill. So like, you don't think her body, like she's right next to the, the gravel patio, you know, like it just doesn't. I don't know. It's already, there's so many suspicious things with that phone call, but her body placement too just doesn't make sense to me as someone that fell. Yeah, I guess a little context for your listeners. So the house, like if you're looking at it from the front, it looks like two stories, but it's on a slope. So if you're looking at it from the back, 
It's actually three stories with the like basement apartment and the back patios on the second level. And it's actually like 14 feet high. That was another thing too, is if she fell, unless she snapped her neck, I don't see how death would have happened. Yeah, it's weird. It's also weird is that no one on this phone call wanted to even attempt to perform CPR or even roll her over. Yeah, they didn't want to put fingerprints. No. In fact, when police arrived only eight minutes later, they called off EMS before they even got there. So they just took everyone's word for it that she was already dead. So nobody checked her pulse. I guess not. Let's just say she did fall from the back patio. She broke her neck. Sometimes that kills you right away. Sometimes that leaves you paralyzed. So Mm -hmm. like she could have been breathing. I mean, a little spoiler alert. She did not break her neck. Oh my God. This is juicy. Okay. So when police arrived, they quickly found out that Tom and Stacy, that one couple had left. And so they called them back to the scene. Allegedly, the pair had showered and changed clothes before coming back. Oh. Suspicious. And they knew when they left that Tamla was outside dead. That is up for debate. Okay. Don't exactly know when they discovered her okay. and when exactly they left. But they immediately went home, took a shower and changed, and then yeah. were called back. Okay. Now for the investigation. So Tamla, like I said, was found 14 feet below the balcony, face down in the grass. She had multiple abrasions and her arms were bit like a bit in front of her kind of like you know someone would brace themselves if they were falling police began taking statements from everyone so john's statement was definitely odd because she was very adamant that tamla's arms were by her side and not in front of her quote both arms were down by her side and that's why i know it's those other two women that are saying it because they said they spoke to the detectives and her arm was up here in a position to brace itself it was not because that image is burned in my head because the best way i could phrase it it almost looked like she face planted because I'm like, I'd never imagined someone landing with her like toes pointed out and her hands perfectly by her side. Like, and all my stuff is based on law and order and CSI. So it's not a good reference point, but I was just shocked at how she was lying in quote. Okay. The first thing that comes to my head, if her arms were upwards, like she was bracing herself, maybe she did fall from the second balcony. You mm-hmm. know, if her arms are flat by her side, like she had face planted. Now I'm thinking she was on that lower level, that that first floor lower level, and she got hit in the back of the head and like went unconscious. And you know you would just like fall flat. Yeah. So you're like yeah. her left arm is kind of bent at like a 45 degree angle. Like her elbow's kind of near her hip. And then her right arm is kind of in front of her. So it's kind of an in-between. Yeah. Police asked John if everyone was happy at the party and she said, quote, no. LSU lost. Like, no, there's a dead body in the front yard, but like, you know, no, of course it wasn't good. Like, we're not talking about the football game here, John, you know? At one point, John offered to give officers Dunkin' Donut gift cards. In 2020, John posted a photo with her friends wearing Dunkin' face masks with the caption, quote, the best mask ever, hashtag, if you know, you know, end quote. Mm. What is that supposed to mean? But like a joke, like just kind of making fun of the fact that people thought it was stupid or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the other people interviewed said there were no issues or fights and that Tamla was really happy. I'll link it in our little blog, but all of the interviews were actually recorded and released. Of course, they're a couple hours long each, so I won't get too much into them. 
but Jose told investigators he found an unlit cigarette and lighter line on the porch that matched the brands Tamla used. He also said that the tequila bottle Tamla brought was almost empty and that Tamla was the only one who drank from it. Going back to the 911 call, in the call, Jose says John has security cameras on the back patio. I don't really know what the deal is with this because there's no mention of the footage in any report and I didn't see any pictures of the security cameras. So I don't know if he was just mistaken or not. That's what I, I was. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, there's video cameras on the back porch. But he even said he was like, so we'll we'll be able to see what happened. Yeah, he seems pretty adamant about it. So I don't know. I don't believe that for a minute, but I totally believe there were probably cameras back there. As soon as he said that, it was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Take like if you have an alarm on every single door, I figured you would have cameras. Yeah. Also. So during Tamla's autopsy, it was discovered that her blood alcohol content was 0.238 which is three times legal limit. There were also traces of THC and Xanax in her system. Oh, she was mixing. So I don't know which woman it was, but one woman interviewed told investigators she had severe anxiety and that her medication made it impossible for her to lie. This woman also said her anxiety was so bad she always wears a necklace with Xanax in it, and she told investigators she would never share with anyone. Police subpoenaed everyone's cell phones from the party that night and found evidence that this woman did share her Xanax with two friends prior to the party and one friend on the day of. So she does lie. So when confronted with this, the woman did confess to sharing her Xanax, but said she never shared it with Tamla because she didn't know her well. Do people take Xanax for fun? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 To me, that's not fun. I don't think that would be. Like alcohol is actually crazy. That's a no, no. And THC. Yeah, I mean, mixing Xanax with literally anything that alters your mood is not good. Well, and then I don't know if you guys have ever drank and had weed in your system at the same time, but you don't, you don't, that's like a no-no. In a, in a stoner's world, you don't mix because that makes you like real fucked up. Yeah. Also, I found out the hard way, don't drink while you're on antibiotics for a staph infection. Holly knows about that too. Mm-hmm. So her, everything that was in her toxicology report was a, was a no-no. Especially if she had that much to drink too. I mean, that's, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's Which a lot. I'm not going to blame her for the drinking. She was at the party. She was staying there. Yeah. yeah it's, da- it's at a danger. She's at a dangerous level for sure. But yeah. there's always a chance with the THC too. There's always a chance just throwing that out there that it wasn't consumed that day, you know, because it stays in your system up for like 90 days, depending on how often she used it. And so that could have been just from some other time. Anyways, the autopsy report showed injuries to her head, neck, and torso. Tamla had abrasions on her forehead, above her left eye, bridge of her nose, right temple, and chin. She also had a fractured vertebrae in her back, so not her neck. Her right wrist was dislocated, and she had a laceration on her heart. Hmm. What? I said, what's that about? No idea. It's weird to me. If she did fall off the balcony and basically face planted straight in the grass obviously didn't tumble anywhere how is there cut on her heart well what if something impaled her like a rock that's the only thing that could happen literally there were no neck injuries but were there was there head trauma just bruises interesting so then what did she die from the medical examiner couldn't pinpoint like an exact you know bruise or laceration or whatever and just said it was multiple blunt force injuries due to acute ethanol intoxication and ruled it an accident 14 feet is not a long fall 
No, and what is going to, under that balcony, if she did fall from the top, what's going to impale her body? Like, what is really going to, you know? That it was the police's opinion that Tamla suffered the cuts from a metal landscaping divider below the balcony. Where Tamla fell is maybe, I don't know, like a foot from the bottom of her feet. Like, her face is away from the house. The feet are near the divider. But I don't know how she would fall and hit, like, her head or her heart on the divider and just bounce straight up a foot or two. And if she's got other cuts all over her body, that would just be one cut, you know? That would be one yeah. laceration towards okay. the other ones. I mean, I see the little pebbles and stuff, but I mean, I don't know. Your body don't bounce. Nobody's body bounces. I don't feel like that's a far enough drop for someone to die. I really don't. Also, there's no blood on the divider or the rocks. Did we have did we have head trauma blood or no? Just the wrist. Blood on her cut lip, but everything else was just like bruises. Yeah, the only lacerations were the heart, the right wrist, but everything else was abrasions or which is basically like scratches and then hemorrhages or bruises. It's pretty high up. Like in the pictures, like there's tables there and there's a couple inches above the tables. And it's also not like a wooden balcony. I don't know that would like give out or anything. It's metal. I don't know. I don't know how you would fall over that either. Like it's definitely past her waist. It, I mean, God forbid. The only thing I'm thinking is like she was on top of the railing and did a full jump, you know, and then potentially that could cause enough injuries, but I still don't really understand. Yeah. It's the only thing I can think of. I say I don't know about a jump because I feel like she'd be further out. I don't know if she was like trying to sit right on top of the balcony. And face oh, go yeah. face down. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I don't know. This is confusing. So Tamla's family was not content in the autopsy findings or the ruling in the case and sent her body for a second autopsy. This independent autopsy confirmed a lot of what the county had said, minus a few things. First, the report said that the absence of a hematoma, which is a bruise, around the wrist fracture indicates that it was obtained post-mortem. Secondly, the report said that a precise and accurate determination of the cause of death could not be determined. The examiner noted that the absence of bruising to broken bones in her skull raises the flag to the cause of death as falling from the second story of a building. The lead investigator on the case with the sheriff's office actually agreed with this independent autopsy, and Michael Christian told the original medical examiner during the first autopsy, quote, the position of the body does not appear that she had fallen directly from the balcony, rather ground level, end quote. Mm, that's huge. Another deputy said, quote, if you go to brace yourself with your left hand and there ain't nothing to brace yourself with, you'd spin. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. It's kind of like a nosedive, end quote. That's why I'm wondering about a laceration or like blunt force trauma to the back of the head. Like, if she got knocked out, she would go face down in the position that she was in. And it's odd that, like, all these officers investigating this had, like, a different opinion than the official finding. So I don't know if they were, like, well, the medical examiner had this ruling. Like, he's a doctor. I don't know. Like, we'll just go with his opinion. Yeah. But some some people believe it's a cover-up. So this is because Jose Barrera, the boyfriend was a former probation officer and currently worked in the county's court system as a clerk. In the body cam footage, one of the cops says this about Jose. Quote, we've got some mutual friends together. I've known Jose for a while. We're friends. End quote. 
When one of the women at the party mentioned having to leave to get to work on time, another officer said, quote, I'm sure you're good because your boss is my wife, end quote. Okay, so this is a very small community where they are all just knowing of each other and friends. Very knowing. Tamla's family has also pointed out that police only took five photos of Tamla's body, which is quite inadequate. Yeah. Yeah. On February 20th, 2019, the case was officially closed, stating there's no evidence of foul play. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. Zero. And this is such a recent case, too. Like, I'm I'm almost dumbfounded that the lack of, like, police work in it. It sounds like a cover-up. It definitely does. So around the same time, Jose Barrera, the boyfriend, was fired from his job at the courthouse because he had been caught accessing the incident report from Tamla without permission on multiple occasions. And he was also caught leaking confidential information revolving unrelated people and cases in the court. Okay, so he's a sketchy guy. He's using dirty work for with his job. If he had nothing to do with it and there's nothing going on, I don't know why you'd keep checking in on the investigation. Yeah, like if they ruled it like it was an accident and there was no foul play, then that's it. Like, I don't think you would keep researching it, right? Yeah, You're no. a part of the system. Like, you would know. So by now, the death of Tamla had begun to receive a lot of national attention, mostly thanks to Tamla's family, who did not accept the police's finding and campaigned for answers. In June of 2020, the Forsyth County Sheriff actually wrote a letter to the Georgia Bureau of Investigations asking them to reopen the case, stating it would be best undertaken by an independent law enforcement agency. So like I said, even people investigating this case are like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah, this, I mean, it literally, it immediately raises red flags of like cover up kind of situation. Yeah. So the GBI investigated for over a year and came to the same conclusion, stating there were no criminal charges to be brought. My issue here too is like, if you get different departments researching and doing their own investigation and they come to the same conclusion, there's not enough evidence. Basically, all they have here is her body and that's it. Because if they're, if there were or were not cameras, obviously they were not accessed, you know? So like, there's nothing else you can go off of, you know, she didn't have strangulation marks where we would know like somebody strangled her. What's also weird is like the GBI statement, I mean, it says, quote, the DA review determined the facts and investigative findings do not support pursuit and prosecution of criminal charges. They're not saying like outright that this was accidental. Yeah. Not evidence. Yeah. In an interview, Tamla's husband, Leander, told reporters that he believes this was a cover-up. He said, quote, I'm not saying it wasn't an accident, but I'm saying it was a cover-up. I'm saying they made it look like something else. It is physically impossible for a body to land like that from falling off of the deck. Because with all the marks that she had on her, you don't get that from falling into the grass. You mm-hmm. don't get linear scratches on your arms from falling into the grass. You don't get gashes in your shins from falling into the grass. You don't get contusions on your head. End quote. So Tamla's family actually hired an attorney to not only pressure police into doing their job, like filing requests, but also to investigate the death. So this attorney, Ralph Fernandez, sent like multiple requests to the GBI and to the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office for like autopsy photos and other evidence. And they denied every single one of his requests. And this attorney told reporters that he had never had them deny requests from him in the past for any other case. Obviously, we're just going to keep coming to the same conclusion of it being a cover up. But that also like what 
what reasoning do you have for denying things like that? Like, don't you have to have court precedent if you're going to deny an attorney like legal right to look at that stuff? Like, I feel like there's got to be a process. I think that's only for like defense attorneys. I think what he was doing is like the Freedom Mm. of Information Act. Okay. And they had it closed. Yeah. So he would have to prove if they didn't give it to him, he would have to go in front of a judge and say that they're entitled to that information and that it wouldn't harm the public in that information being public. And obviously they closed it because it probably would harm the public. Yeah. Wow. So Fernandez, without this information, did still come to a conclusion stating, quote, the review reflects that a homicide is a strong possibility. Witness statements are in conflict. A potential subject handled the body as well as the evidence prior to the law enforcement arrival. A remarkable fact is that there were no photographs taken during the autopsy of Tamla's body. This had been done at someone's directive because such a practice is unheard of, end quote. So even if this wasn't a cover-up, they just, and even if it was an accident, they still did not follow any sort of protocol. No, they didn't do their job. And that was the story story of the mysterious death of Tamla Horsford. So I want to know what you guys think or what you're leaning towards happened. This is so frustrating. Okay. I don't think that she fell. I don't. I don't think she fell from the back and balcony, but I don't understand the door not being closed because that's the whole alarm system that throws me for a loop. So I'm a little iffy by that. I think the something obviously happened i think it was on the ground floor and that's how she ended up face down outside but i mean it it, from all the autopsy report stuff i mean it kind of seems like she got beat up yeah you know like the lacerations the hemorrhaging stuff like that but not to the point where like there wasn't one significant blow it's like she kind of was just hurt in different ways to the point where like she probably got knocked out and then just died I definitely think something sketchy happened. What a horrible way for her husband and five kids to have to, six kids, you know, to have to. The only thing that I'm kind of skeptical about leaning towards it not being accidental is, okay, say either she went out on the balcony, say someone pushed her over, whatever. I don't know. They had like the wherewithal, like to think that quickly and to leave the door open. Doesn't make any sense. No. Because they all had been drinking too, you know? So like. And they're pretty, they're pretty messed up. I mean, she was three times legal limit. And like, whether it's like one person involved or like multiple, I don't know. It's statistically, like the more people involved in a murder, someone's going to slip up. This really is a case that doesn't make any sense. I definitely don't think that it was a fall just because of her injuries and like lacerations that she has. I just don't understand how that would happen all at once from a fall when there's nothing to land on, you know? I don't know. I mean, I think it could be a cover-up of an accident I also think just because of how much she had in her system uh, I don't know though I don't know I don't think it was a fall but I just see something like weird about it you know yeah it's not a push either because even if you did push somebody or it's not just a push it may have been a push and some you know something more like like a fight or something before but it's not just a push either because that still doesn't make sense to someone just falling and getting those yeah getting those injuries and then being face down it's a hard one though this was a good one because you're you're right now that i hear the story and everything it's unsolved you know like it's not a cold case because it's they called it an accident you know but that's unfortunate because it definitely was not any type of accident that doesn't make any sense 
And it, it could still be reopened at any point if anything comes up or, you know, public pressure. So Tamla's family is still pressuring the police and public for more. And they're sharing updates and evidence on TamHorseford.com and on Instagram at Justice4Tam if you're interested in keeping up with the case. And with that, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Over My Dead Pod. If you want even more information, you can check out our, out our blog on OverMyDeadPod.com. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and check us out on social media at Over My Dead Pod. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 I'm going to start us out on overtime. I have good news. I don't know if you guys saw this. New, new news. But the judge in Brian Koberger's trial said it will be live streamed on YouTube. I saw that. No, I did not so see great. that. Oh, that's so exciting. We should all Zoom each other when we watch it. Ugh, I'm excited. We need to have a little watch party. We should have a watch party. When is this happening? Do we have a date yet? We don't have a date sometime in 2024. Probably like March or April, March or May, something like that. I was looking at the article, like where it's going to be live streamed at. The judge has his own YouTube channel. So that's where it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. What? uh, I can't remember just off the top of my head, but like, where's the location? Somewhere in Idaho. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I assumed that they were going to keep it in the same. Well, actually, I didn't know if they were going to keep it in the same jurisdiction just because of like how unfavorable it is. But I mean, yeah, I guess we'll see once we get closer and jury selection happens. I don't know. But you guys, listeners, if we can get tickets to get to go see this, we will. We promise because this is going to be what a trial biggest dream i was so invested in that case for so freaking long it's absolutely crazy and i the fact that like i don't even want to say he's one of us but like you he's he's studied everything we've all studied and he has the same passions and everything and then to do this is just absolutely nuts we had a lot of fan debate over holly's veganism we did we had lots of so you guys remember i think it was two episodes two episodes ago two or three episodes ago yeah that uh, during our overtime we we talked about how holly is vegan and or um, not or not and some of us disagreed love her to death but we definitely had feedback from some of our listeners Mm -hmm. and holly i will say everyone i talked to or everyone that reached out to me 100 percent said you're not vegan (laughs) i don't claim to be perfect Every single one of them said that you are a pescatarian. Yeah, because I eat fish. Yeah. And so that may, and then that makes sense. And I really haven't slipped up that much. Like my birthday, every now and then, like I've had a piece of cheese. But but it's only been a couple of times. But I just discovered that if you eat fish, you're a pescatarian. Yeah. I need something, you know? And is is pescatarian just fish or is it all seafood? I think it's just all seafood. So that's a whole branch, you know, like that's fantastic because you're still getting your protein. Yeah. And you had a little vegan holiday over Thanksgiving, yeah. which is, I think, yeah. well-deserved. So I want to know about this. I want to know what was the best food that you were able to eat. The dressing. My, and that Wait, was, is that not vegan? No, because my grandma puts chicken in it and it's made with chicken broth. 
Oh. So you didn't have a vegan holiday. No, she had a vegan oh. holiday, like oh. a holiday from veganism. A holiday oh. from the Yeah, the <laughs> best kind of holiday. I wasn't celebrating. I was not a vegetarian or vegan during Thanksgiving at did all. You, did you eat turkey and stuff? Yes. Okay, so you just had a regular Thanksgiving girl. I had a day. I had a, had a day. It's a holiday. It's a holiday. And my Mimi makes the best dressing and there's nothing in me, like no health benefit that I would be able to turn down her dressing, you know? Well, I feel like she would probably kill you too, to be honest. It would be so sad for her. So I don't want to disappoint my family. So I was not vegan for the day. The dressing or stuffing, whatever people want to call it, is the best part of Thanksgiving. The best. Okay, wait, dressing and stuffing are two different things. People use them interchangeably. We do. We dressing, do stuff. dressing is is like liquid, right? And stuffing no, is like. So you're saying dressing as in stuffing? Yeah. I am gonna throw a wrench in your plans right now. I do not like stuffing. You were insane. It's like, we Fruitons. literally we went and had Thanksgiving, and this wasn't against um our family, Cameron's family, stuffing whatsoever, but. The entire time we were there, we were talking about food, Thanksgiving foods that we do or do not like. And shout out to my brother-in-law who's going to be listening to this, David. Um, he likes, what's that uh, marshmallow fruit thing? No one likes it. No one. Oh, now this is going to really bother me. Hold I on, have I gotta, never. Cranberry, cranberry can get that no. out. Thanksgiving. Well, my grandma makes this amazing stuff that she calls puff, and it's got fruit and marshmallows in it, and she calls it puff. It's like a marshmallow. Oh, it's ambrosia. Oh. Okay, so ambrosia. You can get it at the store like anytime, but it's especially known during Thanksgiving. And it's like a marshmallow-based fruit, dried fruit in it kind of thing, which sounds not bad, but like (laughs) for some reason, not a good, not a good thing. So my brother-in-law David loves that um i am not a stuffing person i just it it is too soggy of a texture i cannot you're not doing it right then i've never made it so you gotta bake it after you let it soak yeah Yeah, i don't understand any of that so that just sounds nasty it's like a it's like a food cake it's a texture thing for me though like i also don't like yams sweet potatoes no like Candied yams with the cinnamon. Candied yams or what's those? Oh, that cranberry is. from a jar. I think I'm going to just throw it out there. I don't really like Thanksgiving food. Like I like ham over turkey. I know. Maybe I'm just not. I do love sweet potato casserole. See, we don't have that because my family's German. We have, this is a little weird. I don't eat it, but we have sauerkraut. Yeah, that's a, well, that's not a Thanksgiving food, but that's definitely a European food. Yeah. My so family loves sauerkraut. sauerkraut yeah before we log off for the for the episode to all you wonderful listeners out there this is going to be my last episode for a hot minute as regardless of whatever (laughs) yeah forever i'm getting kicked off for whatever happens within the next week i will be having a baby so you may not hear my voice for a little bit but i'll i'll be back i'll be back yes or not or maybe or maybe i'll just never be allowed back but you know what we do use my zoom account so i have thought about i'm gonna have to just share the password with you guys and then next oh. time you hear from me, there'll be a little baby girl in the background who it will be an over my dead pod fourth commenter. Also going to share for my overtime 
I had my first fan say hi. That was not my friends or family that I forced to listen. Oh yeah, that's huge. Say hi. And it was in Russellville at this bank or I'm not at this bank, but at this, uh, at this bar that was like an old bank. And uh, I won't say who it is, but she was so cute. And I, I knew who she was, but I didn't, I didn't know her that well. I was dumbfounded. I think I hugged her like probably five times. And she was yeah, like, it's my list of podcasts I listen to. It's my number one. I was like, I'm pretty blowing. Sure it was my number one. I mean, I hope that's what she said. Maybe I'm just making that up in my own head, but pretty sure she said that or it was my favorite so you know something along those lines maybe but if you were the person that came up to holly at this bar please message kylie and i and let us know what you actually said because yeah it was, holly, it was, was she was probably like shit talking us and holly was like i hugged her five times thank you thank you oh my gosh yeah. also was holly super weird with her first celebrity I don't know interaction. Yeah, oh, I was awkward, of course. But she, Holly, was probably like, "Do you want a picture? <laughs> yeah, do, do you want, want my to... autograph? I'll sign your tit. Want me to sign? No, okay, no, oh. no, no. You're good. Okay, I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> Interact with us because, like, comment on our stuff, like, share, whatever. But like, talk to us about it because we love to talk about it. We're just now branching out into our like fans of people that we haven't forced. To listen it's super cool to get feedback also another thing to celebrate we hit over ten thousand downloads that is so freaking exciting that is amazing ten thousand downloads in general from like all of our episodes yeah and you kylie before we started recording today named some of the countries that people are listening to us in and it literally sounded like she was just naming off every country that existed like it was the coolest thing yeah, maybe we should do a post about like tell us where you live because we would love to see where our listeners live. That'd be freaking cool. And for yeah. everyone listening to us right now, go follow us on social media because we definitely have people listening, but not as many people on social like interacting and whatnot. So if you have Instagram, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, like go- YouTube, we want to hear from you. Yes, please. We want to keep doing this. It's like my favorite thing in the entire world. And we're getting better every episode and we love it. And we love all of the people that listen. Holly wants to do this as a full-time job. So get us um, to her yeah. dream. Yeah. I'd like to quit my day job, please. Thank you. All right, ladies. Love ya. Love, y'all. love you. Bye. See you next week. Bye.